Today we're exploring the topics that we've been discussing over the past week. So we're trying to look at them a little bit differently today. Um, we're speaking more about conservatism. We're speaking more about perfectionism. Uh, we're bringing those ideas together uh, to answer the question of, um, are you your own God, right? So we're reflecting on, um, I guess, a, a kind of sense of um, uh, self sort of idolatry. Um, you might think I'm hyperbolizing it, but I mean, let's discuss that. Um, and I give you some kind of personal examples um, of, I guess, my own journey, my own experience. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> we get a bit intimate. Um, and towards the end of the show, I make plans, at least I extend an invitation for you to join me in making plans over this weekend. Um, stick around to hear what that's about. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Uh, don't forget to get in touch with me. Of course, you are so very welcome. Let's get into it. Um, so <laughs> I just want to declare... I don't know if I'm breaking the fourth wall. Does it does it count as a fourth wall um, through podcast? But um, I've been looking forward to this all day. Um, I'm recording this in the evening um, right now, and I've been looking forward to this all day. So thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so how am I bringing together perfectionism and conservatism? Um, okay. So let's start with what we spoke about first. Let's, let's you know, kind of follow our train of thought over the past week. Um, I would say conservatism, particularly in terms of how we discussed it earlier on in the week, in terms of uh, values of, you know, prudence. Um, and um, we spoke about a kind of constrained approach um, to things like um, interpreting a statute um, and applying statute, applying laws, you know, um, creating policies, things like that. Um, so I would say there is a sense of humility um, in the ideals and the principles of conservatism because the conservative um, depends on the cumulative knowledge and experience of the collective, of society, right? Of those who have lived before. Um, and they're focused on preserving the system and making a contribution. Um, so a lot of thinkers have, have, have um, you know, written on this topic and it's such a, it's such a, uh, it's such a rich, you know, um, topic, you know, uh, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so it's about, it's about, yeah, it's about trying the best you can, right? So conservatism is about just hard work, discipline, try the best you can. Um, and this is very much tied to the constrained vision, um, coined by, uh, Thomas Sowell, um, in A Conflict of Visions. You will hear me speak about um, A Conflict of Visions 
quite a bit if you listen if you listen to me for I mean if you hear me speak for at least an hour <laughs> on anything um, because that piece of work is probably um, the most important um, work that's been published in our lifetime like in our time um, it was first published in 1987 and then republished in 2007, I believe. Um, but everyone needs to read A Conflict of Visions. And I know everyone has that book that they think everyone needs to read, but okay, let me get off my soapbox. Essentially, um, so Thomas Sowell has an idea, has the idea basically, he says, hey, everyone, listen, have you noticed that you find the same faces, the same people opposing each other on different issues, even when the issues have nothing to do with each other, right? So you will find, and think about this in terms of any, any, um, um, any polarizing issues. Think about abortion um, and tax, taxes, um, you know, think about those kinds of things, education, um, Usually you find the same people opposing each other on issues that seemingly have nothing to do with each other. Um, why? You know, how come? You know, what's the bigger sort of picture? That's the question Thomas Sowell tries to answer. And so in trying to answer that question, um, he basically says that, okay, so there is a continuum um, but on the opposite ends are the constrained and the unconstrained vision, right? So that's me just trying to kind of give you context. So I would say that conservatism fits into, or at least um, would be better suited to the constrained vision, um, or would be likened to the constrained vision, would belong to the constrained vision, um, because conservatism is concerned with reform, right? So um, conservatism, things like moderate state intervention, um, conservatism isn't extreme, right? So um, there, there's a sense in which conservatism um, and really the constrained vision um, place a bit more emphasis on human nature than human potential. And this is an idea that I would like to explore later. But so conservatism doesn't deny human potential or say that humans don't have potential, um, you know, or deny the extent to which they do. Um, well, I mean, we, we humans aren't perfectable, you know, well, not in ourselves. Um, and, and that's something that this view understands. Um, so, so, so let's go into that contrast, right, while we're there. Perfectionism um, would be something completely different, right? So this would belong to the unconstrained vision. Um, how, what do I mean by that? Well, perfectionism is really, um, It comes from your ego, right? It comes from uh, wanting to depend on yourself, right? To control the outcome. You're focused on yourself. Um, you're trying to be enough. 
um, that is that goes hand in hand with the with the unconstrained vision. And by the way, I hope to explore the ideas of 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 Thomas Sowell in a conflict of visions better in a in, I guess in a later uh, session or episode. Um, but so yeah, we're just breezing through it now. Um, and so and so this would be the same kind of idea that would be uh, concordant with transformation as opposed to reformation, right? You remember that from earlier in the conservatism, um, is that conservatives, conservatives are more comfortable with reform, right? Um, they want reform as opposed to complete transformation, right? So radical state intervention would be something that the unconstrained vision uh, would be happy with. You know, things like socialism are things that you find on the unconstrained vision side that, you know, on the of, of the continuum than you would on the um, constrained vision side. Um, and again, that element of, of, of human nature versus human potential uh, is that the unconstrained vision believes in man being able to perfect himself. Um, and it's not to say, um, and this is a distinction I drew earlier on as well, it's not to say that the unconstrained vision completely dismisses human nature um, and, and man being, I guess, fallible, um, and us being, you know, corruptible. Um, it doesn't say, you know, we're perfect, but it says, you know, it emphasizes the human potential in the same way that uh, I, I, I said that conservatism and I guess the constrained vision, it doesn't necessarily say, well, I mean, we're just deplorable and, you know, there's nothing to us and let's just wallow in a pit and die. You know, there's a sense of um, human potential, wanting to strive, you know, for tomorrow, for a future, a sense of dignity, a sense of, you know, um, yeah, there, uh, there's there's just a balance, you know, and so the difference is the waiting. Um, so perfectionism and the constrained vision would be potential dominant, while the other side would be nature dominant. Um, so where are you? Let me know in the comments. Um, so let me give you an example. Um, my testimony. I'm going to give you three quick examples so that this doesn't end up being a story time. Uh, my view on marriage. I used to be so blasé about marriage. Um, and at some point I wanted to get married, but like only when I, I mean, I, I, it was, it, it was never anything that made sense really. But I think the only thing that I was sure of is that I was very ambivalent. I was like, uh, yeah, whether it happens or not, for a long time in my life, um, especially like going into my teen years and, you know, even coming into my 20s. Um, yeah, it it was a bit of a mess. Um, and I think that's because I never had any good examples. And I mean, that's the story, right? That's everyone's story these days, um, which is sad to say, um, but but that's what it was. And so now, I mean, as, and especially because I would be so so extreme about it, you know. If I if I was gonna get married, I wanted to just make a statement out of the the entire thing, you know. Especially because I was, you know, a feminist, and um, I was just so fired up about everything. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm still passionate about things, but I'm just, I'm measured, you know? Um, so, <laughs> so I, I wanted to just flip the script, you know, and there's just no need to do that. Right. Um, there's just absolutely no need. I wanted to set the most outrageous terms because, you know, I, I just wanted to test the bounds of this marriage institution. Uh, so, but yeah, there's just, there's no need. Um, for that now, I just, I want something that works. Um, I want something that works. I want something that glorifies God. I want something, uh, that is stable, that is peaceful. Um, that's all that matters. I want something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, there was definitely a whole lot of ego, a whole lot of ego in wanting to, you know, kind of make, make my mark, put my foot down in a sense, prove a point. You know, marriage is not, is not for me to prove a point. It's not about that. Uh, so I was, I was missing the mark in a big way, definitely. Uh, I was definitely focused on myself. So, I mean, that's definitely one example. Um, and, and now I'm focused on preserving the system, you know, so this is just me tying it back so that you understand why I'm bringing these up. So, um, I'm, I am, you know, I would say, uh, I want to make an effort to contribute, uh, to people seeing why marriage is so important and why families are so important, you know, uh, two parent households are so important for children and why children are so important um, and why the education of children is so important and just protecting children is so important. Sorry, I'm very, I, yeah, children are. Um, yeah, they've got a soft spot in my heart. So celibacy, um, I know very weird transition, right? Uh, so celibacy is another one so i've never really had a good relationship with um sex and i'm gonna share something um and hopefully i don't regret sharing it but i've already made peace with it so here we go so i've never had a good relationship with sex and that's i think mostly because of my experience with sex um you know as in like uh sexual activity um i mean because my first my first i guess encounter with sex was abusive um as a child you know so it from from the get go from the from the jump you know um, I did not have a positive or good view of it. Um, and so growing up, of course, you know, you can only imagine being a child trying to make sense of that. And already sex is a bit hectic, you know, uh, you know, intercourse is quite hectic on its own, um, just as a concept, <laughs> just as an idea and as a, as a, as a, just as an act, you know, like your, so, so yeah, 
but to add that complexity of you know the 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 abuse i think it just yeah and that's why sexual abuse is is actually so destructive and so it's yeah it's it's actually it's quite revolting uh but i won't get on that but anyway so um i haven't had a good relationship with sex and so obviously you can imagine i became promiscuous because of that abuse um and i you know i yeah i i just i guess it was my way of taking back control and i hear this a lot from sexual abuse um you know survivors and so i think obviously you know this is kind of this is kind of it right that that's just what happens uh not in all cases of course but definitely in a statistically significant portion of the cases in sexual uh abuse cases you find that the that the survivor goes on to be promiscuous um you know because it's so invasive also you know and so it's yeah okay let's not get into that um but so so i became very obsessed with wanting to be in control in that area of my life and so it's very it's it's very difficult but very humbling to be able to give that part of me to god um and to be able to say okay you can dictate what happens um and now it's awkward because you know i feel like okay but i don't know i can't even have one partner though <laughs> you know like i mean i won't do too much um and i have to do it god's way you know so yeah it does mean that i can't even have one partner um and that's not the best feeling but it is what it is um and that's definitely a more constrained uh view that's definitely a more um it's a human nature a uh, dominant view it's yeah so so less about the ego um definitely not try i'm not trying um i'm not trying to fool myself into thinking i can depend on myself in that area anymore so i'm doing it god's way trying it god's way um and then lastly cultural marxism okay let's breeze through this i spoke about this uh when i and you'll recall this if you if you listen to monday's episode i spoke about these very examples on things or ways that i see myself becoming a little bit a wee bit a tad bit more conservative um and so this is just me expanding on those so the cultural marxism i would say um in terms of um uh i guess critical race theory okay so uh, the the thing is i'm hesitating because i don't want to just jump to that example i don't have an axe to grind with critical race theory um i don't have to an axe to grind with kimberly crenshaw i don't have an axe to grind with ibram x kendi i don't have an axe to grind uh with any of them okay so i with the frankfurt school even let's you know i don't have an axe to grind with just neo marxism and cultural marxism as a whole um 
but I think that it's important. <laughs> I do think that it's very important. Um, and this is actually quite serious. I do think that, that it's important for us to engage critically because we get swept up in the wave. And that's why the conversation that I'm trying to have, I believe, is so important because we get swept up in just wanting to wanting that validation, right? So it's that's the thing. It doesn't even have to make sense anymore. We just bully you. We cancel you. We call you a bigot. This kind of group think is so toxic okay and it's scary to see and people need to wake up to it and for the fact that you're called woke the moment you 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 join the flock of sheep is like so twisted is so twisted um so yeah okay so not on my soapbox but so it's important for us to have to have these kinds of discussions um, and so I would say that um, I've been very persuaded by the the uh, idea that I've heard amongst a lot of uh, uh, theologians and I guess um, apologists, uh, Christian writers uh, who ha who have spoken on this issue, uh, like Dr. Vodi Bakum, um, <clears throat> that. Things like theories like critical race theory um, and even queer theory. Well, I mean, gen just really the whole, you know, critical theory, essentially. Um, the whole like body of work, right? So not even just the race, right? Gender, um, like class, we're just the whole nine. All of it functions as a kind of religion especially to its proponents, right? So no one is like, no one is, is, is promulgating these ideas and, and, and attending these demonstrations and sort of devoting their lives to this and they don't literally believe this to be the truth of existence, right? So they believe, I mean, the, the, this is how the world works to them. And the thing is, I'm not even going to try to point at anyone. This is an example of me. I genuinely believe that of the world, right? So it made sense to me as a frame of reference. It made sense to me um, in terms of um, the perspective from which I ought to be looking at the world. Um, but obviously, I've since found it to be... Uh, wanting but yes so that's an example right so and and the reason that I would say um, and this is might be a little bit controversial uh, but it's very I would say it's very egotistical why so the the I mean and 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 I mean they're very don't okay so I don't want to be misconstrued to be uh, I guess reducing uh, the entire body of critical race theory or just like race theory uh, to just one point. Uh, but I'm saying this is a key issue that a lot of people miss, right? And especially because this strikes to, to where I'm trying to point to, right? So this is a very acute um, example. Uh, so... 
I hope you'll let me have it, right? So um, it's not that I'm, I'm, I mean, I understand. Uh, I've read the work. I understand that it's very broad. I, I enjoy a lot of the ideas. Um, and I mean, there are some kind of overrated uh, writers there, but um, we won't get into that. But yeah, so so it might sound a little bit controversial, but I think it's egotistical because um, this idea of kind of keeping score, this idea that, um, I mean, the, the, just the mere notion of, of viewing the world in, in terms of oppressor and, oppre and, and um, oppressed is wild, right? And it's so unbiblical. Like, where have you ever? It's so wild. Um, and that's just, like, that's the point. That they, people genuinely believe, believe this. Like, it's not far-fetched, especially when, when you think about it like that. How many people do you know who see the world like that? Um, you know, maybe not in those terms necessarily, but they like those the power dynamics. They see everything as a power struggle. Um, you know, they see everything as oppressor and oppressed. You know, and there's always a tally. You know, it's um, it's so egotistical because you it's it, there's always someone to blame for everything. Um, or something to blame for everything, you know, it's so focused on the self, you know, it's so focused on trying to be enough, but also self-pitying because, you know, it's kind of not enough. Um, and it's very much in the unconstrained vision because at the same time, it proposes um, that it can correct, you know, uh, this the, the situation. So, you know, critical race theory kinds of, I mean, we can speak about the kinds of solutions like state in intervention uh, that people have put forward, but, you know, but it's it's very much on the unconstrained side because it wants society to transform. It needs radical transformation, right? So it doesn't just want a little, a little, I mean, it's taking over everything. When you consider the fact that, I mean, things that are, logic is considered white supremacist, like when you that's quite wild um so that's 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 another way um that's another way it's very much focused on human potential very very focused on human potential so i all this i say all of this to say that you are not god okay you're not a god you're not even a demigod you're human you're so desperately human and you need a god whether you choose to accept it or not Every human being is after something to worship, to give themselves to a master to serve. And that's by design. We were created to serve. Some people serve their ego. Some serve money. Some serve retweets, double taps, and other kinds of public validation. We all have a master. We need one. We're so fallible, so fallen. We need something that makes everything makes sense that just makes it make sense that puts it into perspective a frame of reference so to speak that's what a master does so it's ironic then that we're also so easily seduced into being our own masters we look to ourselves for completion and perfection drudging through life searching in vain for validation we devote our lives to cycles of meaninglessness 
like Sisyphus, we're all lumbering our massive desire for meaning up a mountain to the summit, where we watch that desire rumble back down the slope of the mountain. And without thinking, we move to follow that desire to the foot of the mountain where the effort be begins anew, just like that. If you're searching, stop searching. Stop searching. You have a God, a creator for whose own purpose you were created. And you're not enough. And guess what? That's absolutely okay. That's fine. Okay? You're not supposed to be. Rid yourself of that pressure. Come to terms with your weakness. God strengthens. God completes. God perfects. Now let's get into what we're doing this weekend. So let's get right into it. Before we jump into what we're doing this weekend, please don't forget to connect with me on my socials. I am at Lele Mutari underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And leave a comment, of course. I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, I've said quite a mouthful, so it's finally your turn. Um, so I get to, I mean, you've, you've had your, you've had your fulfill. Okay. Don't rob me of my part of it, please. Okay. Thank you. Because this is where the fun part starts for me. Um, let me know what you think. I can't wait to engage with your thoughts. So something new to do this weekend. Why are we even doing this? Okay. So let me give you a little bit of context. So, um, I'm a bit of an introvert. <laughs> so, I, I think I want to try doing new things, fun things, kind of like solo, not date ideas, but just like things to do, right? New things um, so that I'm doing new things often. So that's what I'd like to invite you to do with me. So this weekend, um, we're going to try. Well, we're going to. We're not going to try. We're going to do it. Okay. Uh, come hell or high water. We're going to go to a library, whatever library. Uh, and leave notes in some books for future readers. So I've identified a library in my area and the closest one opens at nine and closes at 12. So I need to make it in that window. Um, I'm going to have to write some notes. Like I'm going to have to go with some notes pre-written. Maybe I'll leave like three notes because I don't know how discreet I can be. Maybe if I can go to, yeah, because they've got a few rooms. So I'll see. I'll see if I can maneuver it. But I'm definitely doing this. I've been wanting to do this forever. So... Do it with me wherever you can go tomorrow, okay? So just like slip notes into things for you. Try to be nice also because I'm, I'm thinking I want to write something like what would you want to receive if you were opening a book at a library randomly? Um, like you wouldn't want, you know, you wouldn't want something, maybe something funny. But I mean, don't be rude about it is all I'm saying. So like maybe a Bible verse or something encouraging or a joke that you know was funny, please. Um, so then we debrief in Monday's episode. I can't wait for that. So definitely that's on my to-do list for this weekend. Um, please join me. Like it would be so sad if I did this on my own. Please join me. I'd want to hear. I want. I really want to hear how it goes. Uh, I'm excited. I'm a bit nervous, shame. I won't lie about how it's going to go for me, especially because of how awkward I can be. But that's all I have for you today. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Obviously, I'm going to remind you to get in touch with me again. But until next time, please breathe, breathe deeply, drink water and pray. It has been a pleasure spending time with you. 
um, stay blessed. Ah. Uh.